welcome back to episode five of the Handcuffs and Sawdust podcast. I'm Mike Marazzo. With me, as always, is my buddy, all the way on the other side of the world, Brandon Silvera. How you doing, Brandon? I am outstanding. My internet is back working. Woohoo! A little bit uh, of a cluster F last week. A little bit? Jeez. We lost the I, internet three times. Yeah, every single one of us lost the internet, and then mine finally was just, it couldn't be resuscitated. Yeah, well, you know, AT&T. I wish I had an acronym yeah. that, for that right now. I didn't think of well, one. No, the only one I can think of is has absolutely nothing to do with an with AT or a T. Oh, no. okay. Well, it, it, it involves an A and two T's, but it has nothing to do with internet or their company or just, well, yeah. If you, if you got one that says something about the A and the T and the T, we can use it. Yeah, no. I lost it. I lost it quickly for whatever <laughs> reason. And then, then Hung lost his. Yeah, and you guys were both able to get back up, but for whatever reason, and I think it's because like we don't have like the AT and T like fiber or whatever their high speed, okay, or newest type is. Uh, we don't have that like in my neighborhood yet. We have it in other parts of the city in the new construction, but yeah, but like, right my house is right my next house to is, Jethro, like, twenty years old. Yeah, yeah. And... down the way from Billy Bob and right Jim Beam. Yeah, it's just it's still the old stuff and. Because I was looking into getting a faster connection like months ago. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, we don't offer the new AT&T good stuff by you yet. So, you know, just hang in there. We'll get it to you. By 2030. Sometime, probably never. Got your fingers crossed. Yeah. And you're stuck because you can't go anywhere else. No. I mean, I could go in my garage, but then we'd have a uh, no. I mean, no seven-second delay. No other provider. <laughs> No, no, I mean, I could go with the local one, but then I'm going to pay five times what I'm paying now. Really? Yeah. How is that possible for a smaller I company? I, I don't know. They must have some kind of a customer base if they're still in business. That's what I was saying when I first found out about it. Uh, so, yeah, last week we apologized for what might have seemed like a weird show. It was the Mike and Brandon show. It was the Mike and Hung show. <laughs> it was Brandon wasn't and Hung by for a little bit. Brandon and Hung. <laughs> Yeah, so it was fun, and I loved having hung on, and it was great getting to hear his story. And then in post-production, uh, I was sitting with the producer, and we were going over the show, and the producer's Were me. you beside yourself? I was beside myself. And I said to myself, self, I can't hear hung. What the F is going on? <laughs> so I literally cranked up his feed in, in the editing software as high as it could go and it's still barely registered for the show. <laughs> so I, he felt bad. And I'm like, well, it's not your fault, dude. He was wearing his headset, you know. Yeah. But I don't know why the mic wasn't picking up. His, it, we heard it fine. Yeah, it was fine when we were recording. But yeah, but, but we'll have to have him on and, and, and again and do a have a do-over. Yeah, where we all get to stay on yeah. <laughs> and not have to keep coming back and forth. But, you know, there's... Fun news for the HNS podcast. Equipment upgrade coming next week. New mic, a whole podcast studio mixing thing or majinger. We'll have live sound music, effects. sound effects, fades and ins and outs, all that kind of stuff. So I'm hoping to get that figured out. And we had some feedback from some of our <laughs> listeners or one of our <laughs> listeners that really enjoyed the show, but didn't Except like all the F-bombs I was dropping. 
And I well, I, I was I was just as guilty, I think. <laughs> you rarely say the F word. I try to save it sometimes. Yeah, I try to, too. I save it all I'll, week, and then I just let them all out. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing is I let them out all week. So that when I come home, yeah. I'm not mother effing my kids up and down. Right. Well, I don't do that. I just save it for the damn pod- podcast. So yeah. I'm trying so to work we'll, on that. We'll try, but sometimes when we talk about stuff, we get either incredibly frustrated or we are incredibly passionate. And sometimes that passion comes out right. in the form of a word. Not and a most, word. And most cops... I don't. I, I honestly can't think of a single cop that doesn't think of creative ways to use the f bomb. I think so, I once said like f f f f or f f, and I used six different <laughs> f versions describing one person, and I was applauded by the person who was sitting next to me. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Because, well, I mean, and, and some of it is we, we come across people that that's the language they speak. They don't uh, – a lot of them just for, from whatever circumstance, whatever walk of life they're from, they've grown up where that's a common word that's thrown around like no big deal. And unless you're willing to kind of speak their language, they're, they're not going to listen to you. They're not going to relate to you, and you're not going to get anywhere with them. Because, and I think most cops find this out very early on typically an FTO where you come from an academy setting where you do go through scenarios and it's, sir, please do this. And they do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's, the it's the most amazing compliant. thing. Yeah. All these, all your suspects in your scenarios are very compliant. They never fight. They never run. They never do anything, right. you know, mean. And then you get to the street and you get a hardened parolee who you say, sir, please come stand over here and put your hands on my car. And he looks at you and he goes, and he tells you where you can stick it. Where is and unless it you're able to, it, well, it's where the sun doesn't shine. Right. Yeah. And it's where my head is 99% of the time. But it's weird unless how you're able to work out the same way. Sorry. Yeah. But unless you're able to have that, that conversation, that back and forth with him with, you know, and I'll try to not say the word, but Hey, mother effer, put your hands on the effing hood of the car or you're going to go back to effing jail. Right. And then Remember, they go, oh, okay. Right. Remember we talked <laughs> last week about how, we speak differently to people on our shift than we could if we were on oh, yeah. different shifts or the different oh, parts yeah. of town. So it is what it is, but I'm going to do better, I think. We I will hope. try to do better. We will try to do better. So tell me Because if about you're your... distracted by – oh, God. this So <laughs> so if you're distracted by the F word. Yeah. If you're, di- if you're distracted by the F word, you're not going to listen to the rest of the stuff. And we want you to listen to the rest of the stuff. So. Right. Speaking we're of reasonable the rest of the human stuff, beings. Yeah. So um so what may is like what mental health awareness month is it yeah i'm having so it's i was gonna say i'm having poor mental health but now would be the well, time i have it yeah so i mean in you know one of the things we both said we wanted to do with this is to give people kind of that insight into us as human beings right so that's the main reason yeah so since you and i last talk or last spoke um here's some things that have happened that night that we had the internet issue uh, my department actually had an officer hit by a car. Oh, jeez. Uh, car was doing probably close to 50 miles an hour, I think the estimation was. We have the guy in custody. Um, and the fact that the guy, our officer was, he wasn't a small person. He's kind of a big dude. And being big saved his life. Thank God. If he had been smaller, he would have been dead. But he's 
like facing a year plus recovery and there's no guarantee he's going to come back. This is a guy that just became a U.S. citizen. It's a guy that just finished or just passed his, um, what we call a, a 10 month oral interview where basically it's your final interview to be, to find out if you're going to be retained past probation. And he oh, had just yeah, passed okay. that. So he had just gotten his permanent badge, like whole, th- you know, world was going his way. Wow. And then it changed in an instant. So I got that message in the morning. Then, and we'll talk about it a little bit later, on the 10th, uh, San Luis Obispo PD, which is probably about two hours from where I'm at right now, uh, they had an officer killed during a search warrant. And then less than 24 hours later, an officer in Stockton, California, which is about an hour away from me and a place that I had applied to when I was first trying to get into law enforcement, did a ride along there, got to know a couple people there. Uh, They had an officer killed responding to a a domestic violence call. Right. So when those two things happened simultaneously with one of our own officers, I'll be perfectly honest, it was wearing on me. And it kind of got to the point where, you know, you see all the stuff you see all the other negativity and it's magnified because you, you identify with these people right? Oh, yeah. that, that have lost their lives and have been injured. And it's you, I think most cops are acutely aware of the fact that it very easily could have been you, could have been me on either one of those calls or serving a search warrant or checking out a suspicious car. And you're, always a hair away from catastrophe. Yeah. When you so say goodbye at the end of the, when you walk out your door to go to work and say goodbye, that could be it. You could be saying yeah. goodbye forever. forever. So, so I don't, and I, 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 I think even most cops kind of take that for granted too. I know I do sometimes when things are good, they're good. And you don't think about the fact that, you know, you could be walking out the door for the last time. I mean, I think most of us try to go to great lengths to not, or at least I, I know I do, to not leave the house angry or things unsaid that need to be said between, you know, the people that you're closest with. Right. But it finally, it finally got to the point where on uh, my Friday, I, I had to take a day. Like, I, it, was, it was one of those, my head was not in it. Yeah, so you need and I, mental And health. I owe it to the people. Yeah, so I owe it to the people that I'm working with for me to be all in all the time because I'll be honest this week was like the first time where I was like, what the hell am I doing this for? Really? Yeah. I'm doing it for a community that doesn't give a crap for a Mm -hmm. system that doesn't back you up and is real quick to sell you short. So what exactly are you doing it for? It's the one person that we can help. The one person you can help on your shift Hopefully every time we go to work is the reason we do the job still. Yeah. And then I sat back and reflected on it and it's for that Marine. It's for right, exactly that domestic violence victim. Yeah. It's for that person that doesn't have anybody else. And it's for the person to the left and to the right of you that, that wear your patch, that share the badge. Right. It's for them. 
Did so that was that was my week. <laughs> yeah, it's a bad week. Yeah, it's a rough, and we have them, and it's. I think as cops, we have to start actually saying, you know what? Yeah, we have bad weeks too, and that's what all this crap that we hear, what seems like nonstop, does to us. It you get to the point where you go. You're gonna. You're eventually gonna drive the good ones to go. Enough is enough. I'm done. Screw you. Help yourself. Right. So, with that being said, and you having like 27 more years, how do you, <laughs> how do you think that's gonna go? You know, I and I, I made this deal with my wife because I came from being in the military where you know you're deployable at a moment's notice. Right. Into into you know, hostile situations and potentially war zones. So I told her when I became a cop, I said, if it ever gets to the point that it is too much for you, you say the word, I'll punch out. I'll leave. I don't, we, I think I talked about in like episode one or something like that, where there's a difference between the people who need the job and who want the job. Yeah. Right now I want the job. It's, you know, there's that old, you know, Bible verse of, you know, who, who will I send? Who will go for us? Send me, I'll go. Yeah. And I think most cops identify with that, but eventually you're going to get to the point of, you know what, I'll go be a teacher. And and you know what, all the people that want to abolish policing, you don't want to compete with us in a job market because we can show up on time. Right. We can use proper grammar. We can write. And we can independently think and problem solve. And yeah, that's some pretty stiff competition. When the shit hits the fan. We're oh, not yeah. And when around for someone to come and solve the problem, we're solving the problem. We're going to fix it. Right. So just maybe be careful what you wish for, because if you have an influx of hundreds of thousands of people who can, I mean, I've, I've talked to friends that are business owners and they said their biggest issue is getting people to show up on time. We can show up on time. Every day. Yeah. We don't take a Under lot of the sick days. worst environment of, you can think of for a job. Yeah. Yeah. I, so. was, I came home today and my daughter was making dinner and her boyfriend's over. I'm sitting next to his humongous gaming computer with a curved monitor. He's got this awesome <laughs> looking keyboard that's all lit up. And, uh, we started chatting about this or that, and somehow I came up and said to him, he goes, oh, do you work tonight? And I'm like, no. He goes, oh, that's good. And I go, yeah, you know, because who wants to go to work at a place where you're hated by everybody and yeah. you still show up every day? And I thought, wait a minute, that's me. I guess that's me. So <laughs> everyone hates you. You got no support from anybody. Although, granted, we've had a lot of people reach out to us and tell us that they yeah. do support us, and it's and good I do want to say, those. I do want to say that those of you that actually do go out of your way to say something, it it is magnified times ten versus the people who drive by and give us the finger, right? Because I think most of us are pretty positive people, and that that positivity just radiates. But I will say for those of you that consider yourself part of that silent majority, you need to start maybe not being so silent. 
Yeah, use your words. Yeah. I'm not saying go out there and, you know, burn the city down, but speak speak with your dollars where you shop and spend your money. The type of, you know, if you contribute to political campaigns, the type of campaign you contribute to and speak with your vote. Do those things. Do you get sent in the mail these little booklets that summarize each thing that's on your ballot? Wait a minute. What it is, the people who support it, the people who go against it. Like, there's usually some little opinion. So you do have to do a little bit of reading. But, ed, like, educate yourself. Because if you don't, you're going to end up with crap like California where 76,000 inmates convicted of violent felonies are going to be released back into the population, into your community. Two police departments that are understaffed to begin with. We would just say that's job security. Yeah. But we don't want that, those assholes on the street just for job security. No, because we, I mean, most of the time we show up after the bad thing has happened. Yeah, we, well, and because we put our sirens on about two miles out just to make sure they know we're coming. Yeah. Well, if it's a party call, like I don't want to deal with this party. Yeah. Well, and they know that we most of the time can't chase them. So. Yeah, it's just they just go. (laughs) Right. They just leave. But yeah, that was my my woe is me kind of week. And then I've had some time to kind of come back around and. Okay. Get back after it. Well, we all get them. I, I had a pretty good week. Uh, we were busy uh, on the weekend that I worked. You know, we had a stabbing. We had, uh, you know, another threat with a gun. The stabbing one is kind of interesting because we're at the point where, the, <laughs> and this is not good to say, but the person <laughs> who got stabbed is a piece of shit. And they're always stabbing each other. It's like this gangbanger and his girlfriend, and she's on house arrest, so she doesn't want him kicked out. So she'll have to call us because she has to be transported to the hospital because she got stabbed, and she's on house arrest. So she needs a report (laughs) that shows why she's going to the hospital out of her area. This is the fucking people, excuse my language, that we're dealing with, like, in a constant over. It would, you know, it would be really great with that one apartment. A homicide, uh, suicide. I don't want to sound too harsh, but shoot I mean, each other and then kill yourself or some fucking thing and clear up the whole building it, because it we're would, done. It would solve that problem. And I ha- I've noticed that too. I've, I mean, I've been to probably about a dozen homicides in the last year and a half. And that's kind of the thing I've found is that it's very rarely like what everyone is afraid of, like stranger breaks into your house in the middle that's of the night and stabs you. Much. It right. doesn't happen. It's usually... A gangster in a gangster neighborhood does a drive-by, and if an innocent is hit, it's like, oh well, it was a stray, you know, stray right. bullet. There was no, you know, real malice behind it. But usually, the intentional killings are all gangster on gangster. So, oh. like, people have asked me, like, how do you deal with that? I'm like, well, you know, the guy that got dead wasn't exactly a good person and not a contributing member of society. So, I mean, the scales kind of balance out. Yeah, and I was on that homicide team, so you know I've processed nearly forty homicide scenes as a forensic investigator, and I remember one of the first ones was a, a gangbanger. He had come home, 
and as he was walking up to his front porch, his front door, some guys jumped out and they shot him several times in the back. You know, most of my stories have an ironic twist that only law enforcement people find funny, but I think normal people might find this one funny. So we get there and we got to find his wounds and, you know, all this bullshit. So we, we like tear off his shirt and on his back. Now, Brandon can see me because he's got the camera. There's a 45 on his right shoulder blade and a 45 on his left shoulder blade tattooed. Now, uh- like a forty-five, like pistols, nineteen elevens. Okay, so nineteen eleven. So right. a type of tattooed, pistol tattooed on his back. Okay, so one is on the right shoulder blade, pointing up to the left, right, and then the other one's on the left shoulder blade, pointing up to the right. Smoke coming out of the barrels, and in between the words say, "You gotta pop me to stop me, bitch," and he got shot right in there. <laughs> I swear to God. How can that's where I, I got how do people not laugh at that? <laughs> I know it's fucking awesome. So <laughs> I, we were all just dying as we opened up his shirt to yeah. see those wounds. So So, so my my first uh my first homicide um I was one of the things I was interested in was right when I was off of you know FTO and my boss had asked me, you know, hey, what kind of like extra things are you looking into? I'm like, well, I'd like to get a rifle. Yeah, I'd like to be, you know, one of the rifle operators. And I'm kind of interested in our, like, in the patrol level evidence cars. So, like, for big scenes, so we don't have to call out a crime scene unit. We call out what we call PICS cars. And it's basically just a patrol officer with a little bit extra training and evidence collection. So, you'll go to major calls. And and I kid you not, as I'm talking to him, a shooting comes out in a gang neighborhood. He goes, why don't you just attach to that and go shadow the PICS car when they call for it? Like, all right, cool. And this would, it, the, so I go to the hospital to help process our our victim. And I put air, air quotes. quotes in, yeah, okay. air quotes, because a uh, well-known, documented uh, Serenio gang member who, uh, as of midnight that night, had had a Ramey warrant issued for him for the charge of murder. Wow. Out of Sacramento. So it was one of those, we got there, we found that out, and. At me being who I am, went, found him. It's right here. <laughs> Got him. Can we serve the warrant right now? Or can do... we just do Do I get credit for the arrest? Right. Or how I'll are we doing the, this? I'll take the paper. <laughs> I'll I get an arrest. <laughs> I, uh, I had a few, uh, you know, funny for us scenes. But then on the flip side of that, you know, you get the old infant homicide that you have to go shoot pictures of yeah. at the ME's office. So you're in a Mark or, squad yeah. in the city, not my own city. Cause the medical examiner's office is in the city city. And I'm with some detectives and officers from my task force from other towns. And I drive down there. I'm in full uniform in my squad. And I've got to shoot the pictures of this baby and it's just eating me up. And my partner from a different department, so it's like 10 in the morning, and he goes, we need to get a beer. <laughs> now, I hope no one's listening from my department. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> I think the statute of limitations is done. Yeah. So so I, I'm i like, look, it's 10 in the morning. Like, where are we going to get a beer? One of the guys grew up in the neighborhood on that side of this, of Chicago. He goes, I know where there's a, a small liquor I store. I know a guy. That's open. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, because... 
one of the worst things you ever want to see is an autopsy on a baby. And then you have to take yeah. the pictures. Yeah, so, no thank you. Yeah. So we go driving around. I'm in a marked unit from my town. <laughs> <laughs> my, my buddy is in my passenger seat. And the, the two detectives are in a detective car. So they're you don't know what department they work for. Yeah. So we find this like small liquor store on Taylor Street which has got some amazing food in the city. And uh, he goes in and gets some beer. And I'm like, I I think I was on a job maybe eight years or whatever. I'm like, can we do this? You know? And he's like, can we fucking do this? We're going to fucking do this. I can't, I can't think straight right now. Yeah. He goes, just follow so-and-so. He knows where we're going to go. So we're driving under the L tracks. And like this alley, and this old woman, she sees my squad coming down the alley, and she's out like sweeping her back porch, and she like waves us down, and I I pull up and she's on the passenger side. And she goes, "It's about time y'all got here. I called you last night," and and my my buddy, <laughs> he's like, "Oh yeah, we're not the paper car, ma'am. That car's coming right behind us. We're on." We're doing something else. We got a different call. She didn't even look at the side of the car because it wasn't a Chicago police car. I'm like, we might be safe down here. So we just continued underneath the railroad tracks until we found a place to park. I was then off duty because I had called and said, I'm done for the day. I am done. I'm done. I was almost, I'm done forever, but I'm done for the day. And they're like, okay, cool. And then we had some beers. So because you just took pictures of a dead baby. Yeah, those and, are... Thank God I have yet to go to an infant death. Um, that is... That's the one I like. I dread. I, like, I know what's going to eventually happen. But yeah, yeah. I did two on the task force, and then after that second one, I told my task force boss, I'm like, um, I'm no longer the new guy on this team, so I will no longer be doing those. He's like, no problem. So... So my week at, at work was, besides the stabbing to the ship bag, who should have stabbed the other person back and <laughs> both died, we had, our town is small, so we have two beats. We have a set of railroad tracks that go through our town. So you're and either that's signed. Right, that's <laughs> our, it's in the middle of town. So your beat is either west of those tracks, so it's the west, west side, or you're on the east side, which we call the beast, because the beast it's fucking relentless. <laughs> That's where these it's two like ship bags live that are stabbing each other. They're on the they're on the beast. We got a low rent motel that's really high in prostitution, drugs, and shootings and stuff. It's in the beast. So we get this call, and we're busy, and everyone's running around. Mind you, we have like I think we have four guys on the street. So we get a call. F- there's a train going through town, and they see a car on the tracks. And this is like in a warehouse <laughs> part of the town. I'm thinking, I said to my buddy, how, how, how the fuck is there a car on the railroad tracks over there? So there's a street on the west side of the tracks that dead ends at the tracks with a gate, a fence. And then there's four sets of railroad tracks. And then there's a fence. Mm-hmm. And the same street picks up and continues east or west, depending on which way you're coming. There's a fence there, and it's a dead end. So my 
my buddies and my we're we're both in the east zone but i'm busy on paperwork so and he's doing something else the call comes out for the west car to take the crash of an abandoned car on the railroad tracks found by the railroad so the west car goes over there and he's looking at it and it's in his zone but it came from the east side of town <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> It was on the east side of town when it left the tracks, or when it left the road, went through the fence, <laughs> crashed into four sets of railroad tracks, and ended up on the west side. So my friend who's in my zones, he figured he'd just go help his buddy on the yeah. west side. And then the guy who was in the west goes, technically, dude, this is your crash. It's a, it, <laughs> He left a road on your side of town. So they hem and haw, and then my buddy's like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. So, you know... They hit, this car was going so fast, it had to be doing at least like 60 miles an hour. It was a big SUV. Crashed through a fence, just creams over four sets of railroad tracks, takes the pins out of the tracks. You know, they come up. They have to stop Jeez. two trains on the tracks and get someone out now to set the tracks again before they can open the train yards just north of there. So the trains are stuck. And no one's in the car. It's completely totaled. The windows were rolled down. There's no personal effects in the car. So we're wondering, you know, we get a lot of steals. Remember you had mentioned it, your town, you can just pretty much know where people are going to dump cars so you can yeah. go and wait. Well, we don't have a specific spot in town because our whole town is like right next to Chicago. So they just dump cars all over our town. <laughs> so we just thought someone went joyriding and, and dumped it. Or, which I found out I might use in the future, if you're really drunk and you're driving and you get in an accident, run the fuck away and come back the next day and say, I was scared because they can't prove you were drinking. And then yeah. you just get charged with a crash. There's yeah. no, unless you didn't just, as long as you didn't hit, hit a run. person, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a simple traffic crash. So my buddy starts doing some, we run the plates. They were just issued on May 1st. And he starts doing some homework on the, the registered owner. And he brings up a picture of this guy. And what was funny was this guy's done time for auto theft. <laughs> so I'm thinking, wouldn't it be perfect if this fucking guy's car was stolen? Well, you know he's going to say that. Oh, yeah. Because he steals cars for a living. That's that's the playbook here is you get into the crash. You don't want to go for the DUI, so you run away. Right. You end up coming back whenever or whenever you're contacted about your car being involved in a crash and you go, it was actually stolen. Right. If you're contacted, though, because yeah, yeah. this was at four in the morning. Mm -hmm. So by the time he gets done with the paperwork on just the crash and getting the car removed and all that other shit, it's time to go home. It's like seven. Yeah. Right? So he's going to come back on our shift that night and just do the regular report. I walk in the next night for work and there's someone in the lobby so i go in and the day shift goes hey did so-and-so tow a car and it crash and i'm like yeah but where's the report well it happened at the end of the shift we didn't he didn't he did the crash report but he didn't do the tow report because he still had to write all that stuff up we don't have an owner there's no need to rush and pay overtime right yeah. to finish a report well, the guy outside is saying his car was stolen. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's him out in the lobby? 
Of he's course like, he is. Yeah. What do I tell him? I go, I'll go talk to him. I don't give a shit. I'll, I'll tell him what I want to tell him. He goes, no, no. I'll just tell him to come back at like after 7 p.m. Because that's when the officer will be back. I'm like, okay, yeah, you can have officer so-and-so handle it, I guess, if you want. So the guy's like, all right, I'll be back between 8 and 10. So my buddy's like, hey, you want to sit down, sit in on the interview with me? I'm like, yeah, I love this shit. I'll sit in with you. Yes, <laughs> I, I got questions. But I'll be nice. And uh, to to tell a quick story before this, he, so he comes back and he's gonna we bring him in. He's dressed head to toe in Cubs garb. He's got a Cubs hat. He's got a Cubs jacket. Very nice person. My partner called him on the phone. Said, hey, we have your car. Oh, yeah, I was going to report it stolen. And then I started looking at tow yards first because he knows the drill. And then, mm-hmm. you know, he, he he said, Chicago said you had it. Yeah, well, technically we have it. We don't have a tow yard. We contract it out, you know. Yeah. So I wear a, a white Sox face mask. <laughs> okay? Because I'm a big Sox fan. I wore it to a board meeting last month. My chief saw me, called my sergeant, and said, don't let Mike wear that mask in public because it looks unprofessional. So I said to my boss, oh, I can wear the blue line mask where people think I'm a racist, but I can't wear a white socks mask that breaks the ice with people, right? Because you never know, especially out here. Yeah. So this guy comes in. He's wearing head-to-toe Cubs stuff. I got my white white socks mask on because I don't listen. I'm still wearing it. <laughs> Who's out at two in the morning that can see me anyway? Yeah, you work. You work at midnights. Nobody cares. Right. I'm not running into the trustees and stuff. I carry a black one with me when I know the chiefs are out. <laughs> I put it on. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, chief. I got my black mask on. Okay. So, anyways, and for I, those of you that are shaking your head listening to this right now, this is the mindset of a midnighter. <laughs> right. We do whatever we want. <laughs> right. It's bad says, enough we work midnights. Right. I do what I want. Just let us have a little bit of joy. <laughs> so my small piece of joy is wearing my white socks mask. So I come around the corner, and he's sitting in the interview room facing me. And I got my mask on, my white socks mask. And I look at him, and I shake my head. I go, uh-oh. Out loud. I say, uh-oh. This ain't going <laughs> to go well. And he goes, what? And I go, point to my mask. And he starts laughing. Because it is an icebreaker, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, we don't, you know, it doesn't look less professional if I'm wearing a team sport mask. This guy is a diehard Cub fan, also a diehard gangbanger, and because I'm wearing a White Sox mask, White Sox mask, we had a laugh, and it just broke the ice, and it it brought the level down a little bit more where it wasn't so confrontational and tense yeah. for everybody. You know, he was still full of shit. You know, he says he parked his car at midnight. It was Mother's Day. So at 1 in the afternoon, when he decided to go outside, he realized his car was missing at 1 in the afternoon. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he was visiting mom and... Well, he's taking care of mom. Were... Yeah. yeah. So then at 1 in the afternoon, 13 hours after he parked it and what, nine hours after the crash, he didn't call the police right away because he's going to call the tow yards, see if it was towed. And then, like, at 5 in the evening, he went to the PD to file a police report to say it was stolen, and they wouldn't take it because <laughs> they said, it has it. So go ask them why they towed your car. So he came to us, and then, but that was that was my story for the week, that we didn't have much anything else after that. So it was a pretty good week.
Well, good. That's yeah. That's like for us, it was just all more or less the the busy calls. Like we were kind of the days leading up to be coming back to work. We had like a homicide, and then I think a fatal traffic accident. And uh, thankfully, the the homicide happened on my day off because it ended up being in my beat in this little neighborhood. And I called it too because like usually it's real quiet in that neighborhood. And then you'll start to get a couple of calls there, like in one week, and then you know something bigger right, is coming. Something's coming, yeah. And something bigger happened, and it's so a snowball we, effect. Yep. So now hopefully it'll quiet down for the next, I don't know, month or so, and then it'll pick back up. Good. So you'll get a break. Yeah. I, on hopefully. the other hand, will probably be put right back in the beast when I get back to work. So on Monday yeah. night, but it's Monday well, night, so. Well, hopefully we're not super short and I don't get moved again. I spent half my week in other parts of the city because other teams were short and my team shows up to work. Oh, I have a question about that because I know my town like the back of my hand because it's very small. Mm-hmm. You, you know, work in a big city. So when they move you to a different beat, do you have a GPS that tells you where to, to go? Because so, how do you find your calls? So I we have the like the map on the computer. Okay. That'll show you where everything is. And then I have a Garmin in my car that I like I personally bought. Okay. And I bought it mainly for, Yeah. So and I, I bought it mainly to like be able to project traffic stops a little bit better of like, oh hey, I'm you know, this street is this and the next one is, you know, okay. X, so I'll put out that I'm just stopping at X. Okay. But it for the I most don't buy part, that, but whatever. Yeah. Well, that, that was the the intention behind it because I, I hated saying of like, okay, this is the intersection I'm at. Okay, now update my stop to where we actually stopped. Okay, yeah. Um, but it did come – it does come in handy when I'm working somewhere that either I've never worked before. Yeah. Or I've worked maybe five or six times because I don't know my way around. I don't know the quick ways um, because each district – I mean, I, I kind of joke that each of the districts in the city are kind of like their own little mini towns. Of course, yeah. So – Okay, I was wondering because like, of, yeah, there, there's some that you work a lot, um, like just I like the east side of my town. I did all of my training there in FTL, so I know the east side of my town. Right. This is now my second year in the district that I'm in now, so I know that district pretty well. But then there's some parts where I'm like, I have no clue. Like they'll say where it is, and I go, Is that even our city? And then I have to look. Like, oh yeah, that is our city. I guess I'll go. <laughs> And then I usually end up taking my sweet time getting there because I usually have no idea where I'm going. And I like yeah. have to stop and check the map like two or three times. Like, where the hell is this? So usually if I get moved, if I'm like close to another guy, like I'll just go, you, you lead the way. If I got if it's in my, my beat, I'll take the paper. I don't care. I just, just show me how to get there. Yeah. I, the last town I worked in a different town and I would put my person, my phone over the speedometer. So yeah. I could see how to get to a call, even after my FTO training. The city was so big. I remember one time we get a call for service. It was a pretty hot call, and I was with two other guys, and they're like, they said to me, where the hell is that? <laughs> They've been there for like 15 years. I don't know where that street is because this town is so big. So you're just, yeah. we had the map on the MDT, but the map wasn't a GPS. You could, you could type in the street name. Yeah. And it will highlight it. And if you know where you're at, you could kind of figure out how to get there. Yeah. But it won't give you turn by turn directions. You know, you got yeah, so to use your phone. Keep, 
they like you can they, they it has a feature like route to call oh that you okay. can do that but it's horrible it'll say like turn left onto main street but as you're, you're going passing so fast. main street yeah <laughs> right yeah so it's like all right well that sucks okay but like it'll show you your car and then it'll show you like where the the call is and you can kind of go, okay so i go up here over right there, okay do a backflip and then a loop-de-loo and right I'm there so all right well thanks for uh, clarifying that for me <laughs> so let's uh talk about things in the news cue the music all right so the first topic i'd like to speak about is a huntsville police officer William Ben Darby. Why is it if it's a serial killer or someone in trouble, we get three names? John Wayne <laughs> well, Gacy. Like, you know, it's like when like you were in trouble with your mom. It was never just your first name. It was never just your first and last name. It was first, middle, last, and that's how you know that you done messed up. Right. So this officer. What's his name again? Oh yeah, his name is um, Officer William Ben Darby. And in Huntsville, Alabama, he was recently convicted of murder for shooting and killing a suicidal man three years ago named Jeff Parker. So basically, they get a call for service for a suicidal man. And the first two officers show up. And the female officer, this guy's in his house and he's holding a knife to his... How do you hold a knife to yourself? I don't know. He's holding a knife to himself. Like that. I've seen it. I've, Maybe, I've seen yeah. somebody hold a knife to their neck. So he was on duty, and this call came out for the suicidal subject. So the first two officers get to this home in Huntsville, and they find this guy sitting on a couch, oh, with a gun to his own head, not a knife. I was thinking of someone in our department <laughs> oh. who charged at a guy with a knife <laughs> with an ottoman a foot out of him, and, and, and that's how they tackled him. Don't do that. But anyways. That is, I mean, stick it outside the box. I'll give him that. It's before I started, <laughs> so it had to be like, you know, 25 years ago. So this guy's got a gun to his head. They go in his house. There's the first problem. No, there, there there's your problem. Yeah, so th- there's the first problem. They go in his house. So he's sitting on a couch with a gun to his own head. And the first officer she testified against this other officer that she was de-escalating the situation before Officer Darby got there. So he gets there. He says he shot in self-defense. And he feared that this gentleman was going to shoot himself and the other officers who were standing in his room, in his house, trying to have a conversation with him while he has a gun to his head. So he was just convicted. And my The reason I wanted to talk about this was uh, he shows up. He's got a body camera. It shows him grab a shotgun from his patrol car. He sprints into the house. And then less than a minute later, he shot Parker Shots in the fired. face. Yeah, in the I paper. do like that they put that in the article. Like, <laughs> I know. I I know. Didn't shoot in him. the face. In the face. Right. Shot him I, in, in the, the face. Fa- which I mean, it makes me laugh because, and not because he got shot in the face, but because I had I had a training officer in the academy, who his mantra was, "Don't get shot in the face." See, and if you screw it up in the academy, it was bang, shot in the face. 
don't get shot in the face. Okay, this guy got so shot. So to in the see face. that in that article, I just right. I couldn't help it. I started laughing and head hand went to head and just uh, like that's oh. pretty funny. All right, so <laughs> Officer Darby testified that he went to take over the situation from this woman, a senior officer, because he believed she was putting herself in danger by talking to the the off the guy Parker, which she was, because you never talk to someone face to face like that without some type of cover and concealment, yeah. right? There's two different things yeah. between cover and concealment. Um, concealment can hide you. Cover can take rounds. It's supposed to be able to take a round the same caliber you're, you're carrying. So if you want to not get shot by a 45, find some cover that will take that impact. Find something right? that will stop a 45. Right. So that's the basic rule of thumb. So he walks into the house, Officer Darby, Shouts to the female, point your effing gun at him. She wasn't even pointing a gun at him. That's problematic. Right? Because action's was faster it, than reaction. So, yep. So so my question with that is, was her partner that was there with her, did he have his gun out? Because I can see the argument there of you at least have lethal coverage, and it's much easier to talk to a person if you're not pointing a gun at them. I can see the argument. I disagree with being in that situation, but playing right. devil's advocate here, yeah. if she at least has some sort of lethal coverage and she can, if she is behind cover, which I think we've established that she wasn't, right? then then I can I can at least reason it. I can see the thinking, whether or not I agree with it or not, is to another <laughs> story, but... I, yeah, I can so at least see the argument made. I see what you're saying. I just freak out when I hear this, that she's not. Yeah, no, it's him. like, yeah, I see all that. And I'm like pulling hair out. And... Right. So Darby orders her point your, and he says the F word. I don't want to upset anybody. Point your effing gun at him. That's what the body cam showed. And then he repeatedly shouted, shouted for Parker, the gentleman to drop his gun. And then Darby fired the fatal shot 11 seconds after entering the house, according to the video. Now, the chief and the government are behind this officer, the town. They all think that the state's attorney or the prosecutor got it wrong and there will be an appeal. But for now, you know, he's going to he's jail. He's a convicted murderer now. Right. So I wanted to ask you, on this 9 million member police force you have, we have a task force for many things because of the size of our department. So Homicide Task Force is comprised mm -hmm. of 22 different jurisdictions, and we have what's called NIPIS. So NIPIS has a SWAT team. NIPIS has, you know, you are talking about crowd control last week. What mm -hmm. do you guys call it? Um, oh, the mobile field mobile force. Mobile field force, right. We have mobile field force through NIPIS. Members of our department are on the SWAT team and the mobile field force. So when we get a call like this, suicidal subject with a gun we don't go in we call nipus we go yeah. out yeah if we walk in the door see a guy with a gun to his head hi we'll be right back and we walk out the door and then you call nipus okay. and then so then you have a barricaded subject yeah and people who are trained to deal with these people with a bear cat and flashbangs and all that other shit they show up so what about you guys so you know, we have a SWAT team. We have we actually just came up with like a mental health kind of team. Um, but even so, like on midnights, I don't think they get deployed for stuff. It's mainly for days in the beginning of swing shift. But for something like this, even if this call comes out, 
suicidal subject with a gun. But the first the first thing we're asking is, well, is he is he isolated? Okay. Like is is he the only person in the house? Yes. Okay, cool. Now we can slow things down because there's no no threat to really anyone else if he wants to harm himself. I mean, I know it's kind of a callous thing to say, but it's not against the law to kill yourself. It is not. So it's I only mean, illegal if you ask Dr. Kavorkian to do it. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> Yeah, it's like you can't hire out for that. You have to do it yourself. Not anymore, uh, since they took that yeah, power not, away. Yeah, right, from, from yeah. Doctor Kavorkian. Let me just yeah. say, <laughs> Jack. Um, no, for us, it would be kind of the same thing. Like even if we went in there and saw you know a guy sitting on a couch with a gun to his head, we're gonna go. You know what? We're gonna like do that Homer Simpson kind of gif where you like slowly fade back into the bushes, right? And we're we're gonna surround the house and. We're going to try to establish some sort of contact with him, probably by phone, maybe by PA. And we'll slow play it. And if need be, if he refuses to come out and there's nobody else in there, it again, it's not against a lot to, to kill yourself. I and mean, that's kind of where it seems like the public wants us to go with handling these suicidal subjects is like, you know what? Why force a confrontation where we have to shoot him in the face when we could... Walk would, away. Right. Because I mean, where would we be shooting him? In the face. Face. A- apparently. I mean, I mean, if you're using a shotgun, I, I, my only hope is that he had buckshot instead of a slug because that would have oh, turned his head inside out. But yeah, there's, I, I mean, it sucks because it sounds like this officer was rushing in to assist like he he went with the intention of helping um and saw a soup sandwich in front of him (laughs) and basically went okay well i've got a guy with a gun i've got one person here who doesn't have their gun out that's in the same damn room with him yeah this guy's not following commands i like i i i i see why he pulled the trigger I think that they were just in a bad situation and somebody could have or should have gone, Hey, how about we just like go outside and try to talk to them from outside? Right. You don't so have that, to be in the same room. With yeah. Them. You, you don't have to do a face to face. There's no. a million different ways that you can do this. You can even text them. Yeah. I mean, now, hell you could, you know, if you have to Instagram live him, Something. Right. Yeah. Invite them to your Instagram other live. Than, yeah. So, I mean, it sucks. I would be surprised if there's not some sort of appeal. Um, okay. But, so that was my f- the first thing I saw this week that I really wanted to talk about. And we've each yeah. said how we would handle it. Um, so the second one, we're at, first, first of all, we're at like 51 minutes, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we're going to meet that. <laughs> well, we might meet Maybe. We'd have to stop like in two seconds. So yeah. the second one I thought was kind of funny because I don't know about you, yeah. but we've all been here. Four Washington, D.C. metro officers are under investigation for drag racing their squads and crashing. <laughs> so what's that, what's that saying we have? If you play stupid game, you... You win stupid prizes. Yeah. Be smarter. So, well... Here's what I say when I'm always racing my squad. Um, I do it at night. There's no one around. Well, see, I take the uh, 
the Dominic Toretto rouse before I race mine. I just I live my life a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> Dominic Toretto. So, I, uh, for those of you that don't know, that's a Fast and Furious reference. Keeping it real, which I think qualifies as maybe a cop movie because it, Paul Walker plays a cop. Paul Walker did he play a police a officer in the first two. In the, I think yeah, I think in the first two he works for like the FBI or something, and then and then I stopped watching because and it then got he turns. Ridiculous. What did he turn into? Because I don't really know. I, I, don't, I don't know. He turned into like he became part guy? of that family into the family. Okay. So I don't I don't even know what they are. If they're career criminals, if they're I don't like know, but I did, I did see <laughs> Shaw and Hobbs and I enjoyed that. Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, that was funny. Without yeah, seeing I, the previous seven Fast and Furious movies, I watched It was it was a good standalone? Yes, a very good standalone. Okay. Because I'm a huge rock fan. I just really <laughs> one of these officers was a he's on probation. Was still on probation. I know, it's great. Like, what's, how dumb are you? Well, <laughs> what's his FTO saying? Hey, man. Well, you know, well, my so partner, here, the other FTO's got, you know, he's got some trainee who thinks he's a hot shit with a car. He's starting uh, to think that you don't have the balls. Right, and I, 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 I bet a case of beer that you could beat his trainee in <laughs> a race. Don't let me down, Rook. <laughs> don't let so, me down. So, and because this is kind of how my department does it, is once, you know, once you finish... Um, FTO, you're still on probation for like right. ten months or so. Yes. So, like, I'm kind of thinking like that's what happened. But usually, it's like any team I have ever been on. I don't think that's what happened because there's four people involved. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it could just be a whole patrol team full but of did idiots. You, did you see the video? Because two of them are I, together. Well, that's. I, and the yeah, one guy could, gets out it, and he's like, "Oh my fucking head!" Because <laughs> the airbag went off. <laughs> Damn, that hurt. I want to know why he was recording it before. Yeah, because they have body cam footage. Like, what the hell, dude? Like, yeah, be at some... least a little bit smart. Right. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have body camera, so I don't know when it kicks uh, on or whatever. I just record well, people with my I, yeah, phone it and depends. don't tell them. Right. Sometimes you, like, so I used to have, um, in the smaller department I worked at, we had a dash cam. And then you had a mic that you wore on you. Yeah, we had that in my other department. So, and it's called like Mavars or something like that. And then if your car went over, I think like 80 miles an hour, your dash cam would automatically kick oh, off. Oh, 80. Ours or, was at 55. Yeah. <laughs> like so, what, we or can't if speed these things? Or if your, your lights, if you kicked on your lights, right, it automatically it started recording. Yeah. So, and now I have a body camera. I have to manually activate it. Sure. Like to start the recording process. Okay. Um. I have so, one too, but it's a civilian model, and I my <laughs> uncle bought it for me, and I I took it on a zip lining thing. It was pretty cool. So, but so I, let me ask you I this: I can't as, use as, it at work. As a department that doesn't have a body cam, what are you? Would you rather have a body cam, or do you like it not having one? No, I'd like to have it because all the shit I see, someone else can see it at the same time. I'm not f- afraid of having a body cam that would make me look bad because I don't do anything wrong at work. Yeah. See, and that's kind so. of my thing with it is like the body cams, I think, do way more good than harm. Like, yeah, every now and then it catches an off-color joke. Yeah. And the, but... these things, like, they beep every now and then just to let you know that they're recording. And it it never fails. Like, you'll say something stupid and then you'll hear the doot-doot. Damn it! Well, mine. Every town around us has them, so every time I back someone up, I start talking shit, and the guy's like pointing to his camera on his chest. I'm like, I'm red. I don't work I'm for rolling. you. I can't get in trouble. <laughs> I don't care. Right. So yeah, uh, 
I, I wish we had them. And by 2025, yeah. the state of Illinois is mandating in their Everyone. law enforcement reform bill that everybody has body cameras. I don't know who's going to pay th- for that because it's very yeah. expensive. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a good thing. With the storage and everything. I think it's a good... Oh, yeah. and they don't want you to use your camera footage before writing... You're not supposed to view it before writing a report. Really? Because we're encouraged to view it as we write a report. Well, you should be. Yeah. Like you, uh, so I here's how the reports... quotes. Right. Here's how the reports will go. Iro made an arrest. See video. Refer to body cam footage for right, full details. Right, because the fuck, if I'm going to write something in a report and it's wrong, for one... And they're going to look at the video and go, oh, you're lying. No, I'm not. Yeah. I forgot. There's a difference. Yeah. So a lot of times we'll put in, uh, when we're writing a statement, like the following is a summary of so-and-so's statement. Refer to body right. cam footage for the full unedited or oh. full and complete okay. statement. So that you right. kind of, you can kind of cover yourself a in little summary, bit In summary, but not verbatim. Yeah. Unless That's you're going to put like direct quotes or something like that, which, which yeah. I did in a, in a, in a threats case from last week. <laughs> yeah, we always use the direct qu- quotes. Uh, oh, yeah. I love but it. Whatever. We'll get to... But why would you video record yourself directly? Yeah, seriously. My point. Like, why would you... Like, he it, must be a rookie. Yeah. Like, do you, <laughs> you know that thing doesn't have to record all the... This is probably the same guy that has his camera rolling when he goes to the bathroom. I hope not. I guarantee you he does. If he's dumb enough to record himself drag racing his car, I it guarantee you seconds. that there is it a was 30 seconds video into recording... The race. Of him taking a dump somewhere. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> All right, so that was the Dummy. that was the second story. And then the third one I just want to touch on really quick. It happened out here. A commander, I, I'm not even going to tell you what department it is. I'm just going to summarize for you. So there was a commander, there was an incident where someone fell asleep at a McDonald's drive-in. So the police department was called to investigate this guy sleeping slouched over at the wheel at the drive-thru. So they get there. It turns out the guy, he works for the village. I don't know if he's a part-time police officer or an auxiliary officer, but he had a weapon on him because he is auxiliary or part-time or whatever. So they, they take him home. They don't arrest him. They don't write a report. They drive him 40 miles to his house. 40 miles. That's pretty good. It's not bad. That's their mileage for the night. They don't have to do any more patrolling because we count miles in our town. So they drive him 40 miles. So this commander, he must be having a shit fit with the chief. They must hate each other because the commander files a complaint for negligence on the officers for driving this guy home and either not writing a report or not arresting him. And now he's on leave the commander is. The chief put him on leave. So they have this whole bickering thing going on. And I thought, we do this all the time. Now, we don't drive 40 miles. Yeah. But we are very good about discretion. It's our job. I don't care who you are. I give breaks sometimes to drunk motorists. It just happens. That's what we do. Not, and I tell the rookies this when I train them, not everybody's a bad person and not everybody has to have the book thrown at them. That's not why we have this job. If you really want to help somebody, we can help people. And one of those helping things is to give someone a ride home, park the car, take the keys, come back in 12 hours, get an Uber, drive them, 
Hell, bring him to the next town. Kick him out of your car. Whatever. You don't have to arrest everybody. And now this guy's he's saying his those police officers uh, should be charged with misconduct because they didn't write a report and they drove this guy home. And I don't know how – I just described how our department does it. How do you guys handle stuff like that? So – it's kind of it's kind of tricky. Like DUI, and this this is my own personal feeling on DUI. It is a it is too easy in twenty twenty one to avoid getting one. You have Uber, you have Lyft. There's still taxi cabs out there. I have a hard time if you fall asleep at the wheel. I can understand getting behind the wheel. And not realizing that you've had too much. That I can understand. When you are so drunk that you're passed out, like at a stoplight, in a drive-thru, that's that's over the top. So for me, personally, if you're asleep at the wheel and I think you're DUI, we're going to do the full DUI investigation. And if you are, you're going to jail. Because I have been to too many... DUI fatal crashes. I just, I have, and that's, that's my yeah. own, so that's my own personal I've, thing. Right. Now, have I given people a break that I think are pro- were probably DUI? Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. They weren't asleep in the middle of an intersection or, right. or anything like that. Slammed into a pole. Yeah. Right. Um, but it, like you said, with discretion, it, it kind of, you have to weigh the situation sometimes people need that wake-up call of going to jail before they go before they realize that hey maybe i have maybe i have a problem with alcohol or i've had somebody um they actually took it to trial like they wanted to really push the issue and after they were guilty the guy came up to me and thanked me after he ended up like taking a deal and admitting guilty thanked me for arresting him so that's kind of where I am on it. But at the same time, if I pull you over and I think you might be DUI, but you're just like one of those, like, Hey, you know, I had one too many or something like that. I'll, I'll straight up tell you like, Hey, you should probably park this car. Like I'm not going to really dive into this, but you should probably park your car and not drive. Because if I, I'm going to go up the street and I'm going to go at the next intersection and I'm going to stop. And I'm going to watch this intersection until I'm called away. And you're either going to, or I'll either make sure that they get into the Uber. But when I see this car leave, I'm stopping it and I'm going to throw you in jail. And I'm telling you right now, it's going to cost you about $20,000 when it's all said and done. Do you have $20,000? Because I don't. Right. So I. Okay. Your yeah. department's okay with that. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those, if you. If you kind of get towards the DUI thing, they're going to go, why the hell didn't you arrest them for DUI? But if you don't start down that road in the first place. Okay. Like, because we can throw things out like, hey, I don't know if you're tired. I'm not going to go down the DUI road, but you, I can tell you that you probably shouldn't be driving just based right. on the driving behavior I've seen. Right. Okay. So thank you for clarifying that with me because I know most departments can and do give breaks. Yeah. This guy must have a beef with the chief and he's just trying to stir some shit. Yeah, I'm not sure In what um what, what now he says it, it goes against their you know, 
P's and P's. Yeah, I saw somewhere it said that's against policy. Now, if they're outside of policy, if they have a policy in place of, hey, you shall not give rights home, you shall arrest for DUI, then yeah, you're, then you're SOL on this. And I wouldn't want to work at that department. Yeah, no. That sounds like a place that kind of micromanages you a little bit. Just a little. Just a tad. So we've gotten, after an hour and five minutes, to the point of the Fallen Officers of the Week. Did you, you know, bring up your app? Yep. I, I wrote four down on the rundown, but there's, um, I think, one extra one that was added. Uh, there's one that passed on May 4th. May 4th, 10th, and then, 10th, 10th. Then we 11th. have the, is it Concho County guys? And then San Luis yes. Obispo and Stockton. Yeah, so... I can start. I can do um, May 4 and the two Concho. Yeah, I'll do deputies. this. I'll do the California guys. All right. All right. The Oregon State Police lost a sergeant on May 4th. Sergeant John Burright, Oregon State Police Department, or Oregon, depending on how you say it. Sergeant John Burright succumbed to injuries sustained on September 4th from 2001. When he was struck by a vehicle near mile marker 243 on I-5 near Albany, Senior Trooper Maria Mignano and Police Officer Jason Horoff of the Albany Police Department were killed in the same incident while all three were assisting a family whose van had broken down. Officer Horoff was on a ride-along with his mentor, Sergeant Burright. When the two stopped to assist the van, Trooper Magnano responded to the scene to back them up. So there's three officers backing or helping out a stranded motorist. While the three officers were standing on the right side of the van, which was parked on the right shoulder, a pickup truck suddenly swerved across a lane of traffic. The pickup struck the right rear of Trooper Magnano's patrol car traveled along the other two vehicles and struck all three officers. The driver of the vehicle was driving on a suspended driver's license at the time and had fallen asleep while driving. That was in December 2001. The man pled guilty to criminally negligent homicide and was sentenced to two days in jail, three years of probation. Two days of jail, yeah. Brandon. It's like he's in Cook County. Shows you how much uh, we're viewed in the oh. eyes of the court. Yeah, so Sergeant Burwright had served with the Oregon State Police for 14 years, and he survived by his wife and his three sons. And in 2016, a street in Salem, Oregon, was named in his honor. Very nice. Well, that's nice. And then on May 10th, two deputies from the Concho County Sheriff's Office in Texas were slain. Deputy Sheriff Stephen Jones and Deputy Sheriff Samuel Leonard were shot and killed while responding to a complaint about a dog in the 100 block of Bryan Street in Eden, Texas. An altercation occurred as both deputies, along with an Eden municipal employee, made contact with a subject at a residence. The subject fatally shot both deputies and critically wounded the city employee before barricading himself inside of the home. The city mayor, who lived nearby, talked the man into surrendering approximately 30 minutes later. I find that amazing. 
the man has been charged with two counts of capital murder of a police officer. Deputy Sheriff Jones had served with Concho County Sheriff's Office for eight years. He was 34 years old. And Deputy Sheriff Samuel Alexander Leonard, his tour of duty, one year, six months, 26-year-old. Jeez. Okay. So that same day, May 10th, 2021, Detective Luca... Benedetti was shot and killed as he and other detectives executed a search warrant as part of an investigation of a series of burglaries. The detectives approached the apartment, identified themselves, and asked to enter. They waited an extended period of time with no response before forcing entry into the apartment. The suspect was lying in wait inside and opened fire as detectives entered the apartment. Detective Benedetti and another detective Another detective were struck, both struck by gunfire. The subject was also wounded by return fire and later committed suicide. Detective Benedetti was transported to a local hospital where he succumbed to his wounds. He had served with the San Luis Obispo Police Department for 12 years, and he is survived by his wife and two young children. And then the following day, May 11, 2021, police officer Jimmy N. of the Stockton Police Department was shot and killed while responding to a domestic violence call in the 4400 block of La Cresta Way. He was approaching the front door of the residence when a man opened fire on him, fatally wounding him. A second officer arriving at the home exchanged gunfire with the subject, who ran back inside the home. He emerged moments later holding an eight-year-old boy and began to strangle the child. A bystander then tackled the subject, who was then shot and killed by the other officer. Officer N was transported to a local hospital where he succumbed to his wounds. Officer N had served with the Stockton Police Department for six years. He survived by his wife, who is also a Stockton police officer, their seven-month-old son, and two stepchildren. My goodness, it was a very sad week, yeah. and two of those incidents, not far from you. Yeah, and that—that's how your week was. Yep. So for the year, we are up to one hundred and twenty-five officers. Seven percent increase from last year, and that's just in the line of duty. That's right. not. That doesn't take into account suicides off-duty, you know, traffic accidents or anything like that. Right. So, bad week. Yeah, this was a rough one. For the purpose of ending the law enforcement portion, and maybe quite the whole episode at an hour and 12 minutes, <laughs> I thought we'd lighten it up for our our heroes of the week. There's a couple cool stories here. Yeah. For the heroes of the week. So I don't know where Gloucester Township Police is in Camden County, New Jersey. Hello. Um, but I saw a posting on Facebook where Patrolman Whalen rescued some ducklings from a sewer. It's pretty cool. If you if you go on Facebook and just type in 
Gloucester. It's G. George L. Lincoln O. Ocean U. Union C. Charles E. Edward S. Sam T. Tom E. Edward R. Robert Gloucester Township Police. Uh, there's a picture of the patrolman in the sewer getting these ducks out and the fireman. It's pretty cool. I, I laughed and I, you know, for all the shit we see and do, it's good to see a story like that, right? Yeah. That this guy actually saved some ducks. And then. I like this, the Fairfield one. The Fairfield one is pretty cool, isn't it? I could yeah, see I saw, you mean you doing that. Why don't you tell yeah. that one? So I actually have friends that live in Fairfield. Uh, oh, all right. So it's not too far outside the Bay Area. But so Fairfield PD officers respond to a crash involving a flower truck. And they what make day is this? It. This is Mother's Day. Okay. Because that's important. Yeah. Yeah. So they realize that, oh, no, this driver's DUI. <laughs> no, just <laughs> say, oh, crap. Yeah. So, so there are some, some departments where they take away discretion for DUIs. If it's DUI, it's a mandated arrest. Okay. So, I mean, it sucks. It is what it is. So, but this was a crash, do... though. Yeah, this is a crash. So you're gonna I mean, book th- that guy. Yeah, this it's yeah. one of those things. If it's a if it's a DUI crash or you're asleep at yeah. the wheel, like you're you're pretty much going to jail. You just blew twenty grand. Yeah. So they realize that this truck is still full of flowers, and they still need to be delivered. Otherwise, there are going to be so many moms that are unhappy or sad. Sad. So. What do these guys do? They load up the flowers, they get the list, and they go and they deliver all of the Mother's Day flowers to the moms. How You know, first of all, kudos to them, right, for wanting to do that. But how about give their bosses an applause? Yes. Because me and you can go to our boss. Hey, man, there's like 10 orders of flowers in this van. We should probably deliver. Here's me. Um we should probably deliver these flowers because I'm thinking I'm going to go get lunch, you yeah. know, after, <laughs> after I deliver these flowers. Well, I think the way that I would approach it, and this is the way the sergeants want you to do it, is, hey, I have a plan. Here's that plan. I'm telling you the plan. Right. I'm going to go do it unless you stop me. So I would have approached them and gone, hey, um, there's a lot of flowers in here that still need to be delivered, and they're actually pretty close. Yeah. We're doing that. And it's cool that the boss has said, <laughs> yeah. yeah, do that. Go. Go do that. Because maybe my mom's waiting for flowers and they're in that damn van. Right? <laughs> Who knows? You know what I mean? So that was an, an awesome story. I wish we could get those guys on. And if you'd like, I would effort to get someone from that. Actually, if I knew someone who worked in California and hosted a podcast show. I, I'm going to look a little bit more into it and see what I can do with those guys. Okay. Or at the very least, like find out when they work and maybe like send them a gift card to Starbucks or something. Cause that's, I mean, yeah, I'm in on that too. If you do that, let me know. Yeah. But that's how about that's a good just coffee good company that doesn't hate the police like Dunkin' Donuts? Well, there are some, some Starbucks that are independently owned that they do take care of us. Okay. I will say as that. As long as you trust those ones. Yes, okay. I do. There's, there's one that's down the street from my department that like, that is, that is the routine. Everybody loads up, everybody goes to that Starbucks and that okay. Starbucks only. Good. All right. And they usually, they do right by us. You can did you um, see show the... me that one when I'm, when I'm collecting my beer from our 49ers <laughs> and Cowboys bets. <laughs> In person, by the way. Yeah. Okay. Hey, did you see the video of that? Uh, I think she was from Florida. That's my badass yeah, of the week. Yeah. Go so ahead. So talk about her. Okay. So she, I and I don't know the background of 
of the call. No, me neither. <laughs> I just saw the video. But just from the video, here's what I imagine the call is. There is some sort of disturbance in this bar. She shows up to said bar. Guy doesn't want to leave. And little does he know that she knows a thing or two about a thing or two. Man. And I mean, she is landing haymakers. And then, for good measure, she throws in a good kick. Oh, it's fantastic. And then some drunk chick at the bar is like, I've got it, and throws like a punch at her. She stops it. it and like kind of pump fakes like did she did this person actually think that they were going to get away with that and delivers just an absolute day wrecker yeah straight to her face and then finishes pushing the guy outside the bar (laughs) and then the the guy that was with the nancy that tried to punch he's like putting his hands up he's like like, no no please god no it was her not me oh it's such a great (laughs) video man i wish i had that officer's name because she definitely is the badass of the week yes we need to since we're both woodworkers wink wink (laughs) we should probably make a badass of the week like not trophy because it would be too big but plaque yeah make a bunch of small badass of the week plaques and then start sending them out yes (laughs) We get their names, because most of the time we have the name of the officer. We yeah. don't know where this one came from. And then we send it to their department and give it to them with yeah. the sponsorship from the <laughs> Handcuffs and Sawdust Podcast, Badass of the Week. That would be awesome. Wouldn't it be cool? All right, uh, we got to start working on You start working on the Fairfield PD flower yeah. delivery police officers. They got FTD ain't got shit on them. Yeah. And then... Uh, <laughs> We'll start They designing. did same-day delivery. Same-day delivery. <laughs> With a weapon, too. That, right? That, that flowers are getting through no matter what. That wraps up our our uh, police portion of the show. It's been an hour and 19 <laughs> minutes, so we'll get into the woodwork. We don't have a woodworking guest. Next week we do, though. We do. Who do we have next week? We You're all freaking the, out, fanboyish. I, dude, I am, like, I am just, like, praying AT&T don't screw me over. Just <laughs> hey, give me guess good what? internet. You know what we're going to do next week? Cuz we I don't can call we could call. We can call because I'll have the roadcaster have the thing. There podcast studio. So we can do a so. test where we call and it should sound fantastic on a on a call. You two on a call. Okay. But who is so, it? So we have the one and only Mike Coffee. Yay, Mike. Yeah, that's where like there'll be applause in the background. Like people <laughs> hey, start I, freaking out. I'm gonna download an MP three of applause, studio applause. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll put it in right here. Yeah, Mike's gonna join us. Uh he does some crazy work. Of course, he's got a podcast of his own. Which that a lot of people listen well. to. It does well. I listen to it. I listen to it too, but sometimes I get lost because I'm not a woodworker. Yeah, so, there's been times where I'm like, what in the hell right. are you guys talking about? I know Mike, and I know Dan, and I know Pete personally, you know, Instagram friends. So I listen because I know them, and it's just like hanging out with your buddies, right? Yeah. But he's actually going to be hanging out with us next week. So that, it's it's cool. I'm We're name brothers. Him and I are name brothers. That's what we oh, say yeah. to each other. Hey, you know what my middle name is? Michael. Michael. So next week we're all just Mike. It's yeah. Next week I'm just gonna go by Mike. Yeah, he's the cool Mike. I'm the cop Mike, and you're the middle Mike. We'll just do it that way. 
Okay. So that's next <laughs> week. It's very, I'm, I'm grateful for Mike coming on. He's very busy, you know, working yeah. and then running his, his massive side business that he should be able to retire to soon. Yeah. Well, so. I think he just, he just said something on, I think their podcast that he's going to take his thing full time. He should. Yeah. I would say he, he's well, definitely got the, I, w- I would think the clientele to take it full time. Yeah. Like now he's working on some huge slab like things. Massive tables. Yeah. It's crazy, man. I, uh, I wish I could do half the stuff Mike does. And he didn't know much about woodworking a few years ago either. So he just dove right in, robbed a bank, got some money. And then equipped his shop with the coolest tools I would like to have. Yeah. I was gonna say, I, it still blows me away when he mentions that, like that's his like garage or it's attached to his house. Yeah, it's a. He had it's, one garage and he had to add yeah, into the he, other then garage. Then he added a garage <laughs> because it was his that's shop amazing. was growing so big. So we'll let Mike tell those stories next week. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. I've been. Uh, friends with Mike for about a year uh, I don't know a year and a half or so so it'll be neat to talk to him and hear his story so this week since we don't have a woodworking guest I, I got nothing for you basically <laughs> have you have you bought a new tool I'm I did I finally got a bandsaw Woo-hoo, what kind I got the win nine inch I can't hear you. There's like a lot of distortion on this side of the radio. No, I'm just kidding. You got the win. So I I got a win. Cool. Good for you. Yeah. So it's got a fence so I can resaw stuff. Yeah. I had the same bandsaw. It meets meets my needs. Good. So that'll probably be Win is a fantastic product for starting out and their price point is perfect. And I actually had a win bandsaw as well. Yeah. So I'm going to get to start playing with that i have a a monster cutting board that i have a uh, the first glue up on because i have to glue it up in two panels so i can get it get it through my planer okay you plane both sides separately both panels yeah. separately and then glue it together yep and then i'll join it all together to f- kind of bring it to its final 18 inch width and then okay yeah i saw the um during our live pre pre-show fist fight you are showing yeah. me video of your <laughs> of your uh, humongous cutting board that you're working on. So did you use the bandsaw for any of it? No, I, okay. most of it was all, um, so I bought the forest to home. Yeah. Uh, hardwood forest hardwood basics. You can see my uh, interview with them. If you go to their page and go to the IGTV section. Yes. Yes. So I had bought in their hardwood basics and it's okay. basically 12, one by twos of, you know, maple, mm-hmm. uh, walnut and cherry. And then we just, you know, resawed or split them down the middle through the table saw. And then, yeah, now it was just figuring out kind of how we wanted it to look. Cause Pat, is this for you personally? Be, no. So this is going to be for my stepmom. Okay. So my, my wife, Annie and I, she's been wanting to get a little bit more hands-on with stuff. Mm-hmm. So she's, she's getting pretty, pretty heavily involved in it. So I had, I gave her the quick you know, Uh-oh. run down on the table saw. I know she's going to take it over from you, me. That's your place to go and be alone. <laughs> I know. What the hell? Well, that's, I still go in the night. Yeah, so, but you know what? She's all of a sudden going to change her sleep patterns and then she's going to be in the <laughs> shop at night with you and you're, you're screwed. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing is, like, when we came up with the name Full House, it was because, you know, we had the Full House working on it. And it's, it's been right. really nice 
all my days off when I go out and I become a day dweller. Um, I have my kids out in the shop all the time. That's fantastic. So, um, it was, I, I posted a story the other day where I had the, the baby out there. She was sitting in her high chair eating Cheerios and a sandwich while I was oh, I'm sorry, kind of I aligning it. stuff. I kind of just so. didn't do much this week on Instagram. I just wanted to chill out and yeah, take sometimes a mental you, break. you need that too. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, the kids come out there. Like I, I, sh- I think I've shared it ad nauseum with people on, on yeah. Instagram. My son helped the entire process of um, building out his closet. So it's, can I it's have been... to f- start working on my bathroom now? Can he come over and give me a hand? Yeah, yeah, because I'm all by labor. myself. No one else is helping yeah. me out over here. <laughs> Well, and I didn't think he was going to be much help. I figured he'd come out there for like five minutes and be like, I'm bored. And no, he was like, I want to do stuff. And so he's, I took a page out of, I think it's um, Wicks Woodworking. He's got his son out there and he's the pocket hole kid. Okay. So that was basically what my son did is he drilled all the pocket holes. I showed him how to use the, um, I think it's the K4 jig. Yeah. And he just, boom, boom, boom. He was knocking out pocket holes left and right. He helped with the painting. He helped with sanding. So nice. it was, he, he was hands-on the whole time. And he's six? Uh, he's eight. Oh, he's eight. Yeah. So I've okay. got an eight, my eight-year-old son, and then I have a six-year-old daughter and an 18-month-old. God, was the 18-month-old so. an accident? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what happens oh, when you yeah. get released from FTO oh, earlier yeah, than right. expected. Yeah, that's And fantastic. you're told to celebrate, and then you celebrate. And, and then, you have a baby. And then you have a baby, and then you have to buy a house because you live in a two-bedroom apartment, and there is no room oh, for a fifth human being. Yeah, that's <laughs> hilarious. My my daughter's always been the one who makes stuff. So she was using my cricket. I'd go down in the shop, and I had a flag that required the cricket, and I I have it in a cabinet that my son was throwing away. It was his um, entertainment center. And I'm like, hey, I can use that in the shop. So it's got doors. I keep my cricket in it. It keeps it. Um, free from dust. Right? Yeah. Put my camera equipment in there. So I go to grab my cricket, and it's gone, of course, because this is what my daughter does. She always takes my shit and doesn't tell me. <laughs> so she ended up just finally um, buying her own cricket. She, of course, she bought the upgraded version. Oh, the one that's the, nicer than was dad's. It the maker? I don't know. It's nicer than mine. Yeah. And she's got her own workstation in her room. But ever since she was a kid, she's been the one. To where I would go out in the garage and she would have nailed, she'd find a hammer when she's five, box of nails, nails two pieces of wood big. together and, you yeah. know, and and at one point I remember I had a, a shed built in my, my last house. So I had a friend come and pour the concrete pad for us. And then I had to set aluminum tracks along the edges of the pad and then the walls slide into them, okay? Mm-hmm. So... You have to drill the holes in the concrete, and then you sink the concrete screws, you know. So my daughter was maybe six, if that. I'm thinking five. I think she was five years old. And I had a corded drill with the concrete bit on it. And she was behind me at five years old with a Ryobi. I had just had the drill at the time. I didn't have an impact driver. But it had the it had the bit on it to sink the screws. So I would drill the holes in the concrete and she would sink the concrete screws. She's five. 
<laughs> she did her and i did the whole shed that's awesome it was so cool so she's always been the one that wants to build stuff and now she's making things and she does paintings and i i built um i've got two more of her paintings in the shop that i need to frame build frames for because i built one made a frame for one of her paintings and watercolors and i sold it on my etsy shop for like 45 bucks and I nice. said, and she gave me the other ones, and she's got a whole bunch of stuff. So she's going to be getting into being a maker as well. And she wants to get in the shop and use the tools. Yeah, but good for her. Yeah, I told her, though, you know, she'd just come down and spend a day learning each one. Yeah. And uh, and I, I trust she'll be fine. She's very smart. And now she's, you know, she's going to be, um, well, this month, actually, at the end of the month is her birthday. And she will be... 24? Holy shit, really? She's born in 96? Sheesh. Yeah. So anyways, she's no longer a baby, but she's my baby. Yeah. Yeah, I think with my with my youngest, she's going to be the one that is kind of out in the shop with me the most. Because even now, she's she'll come out there and she'll just kind of waddle around. She'll grab a random piece of wood. No matter what I'm working on, she'll go grab it out of my scrap pile and then bring it cool. to me. She'll here, hand it to me, and I'll <laughs> set it up on my work table. And then, yeah. or I think I was building the baby gate for our stairs, and she kind of finally caught on that. Okay, Dad was grabbing a screw out of the box and sinking it in, and then drilling a hole and then grabbing a screw. And then finally, she got to the point where I would drill the hole, she would grab a screw and hand it to me Aww. without being prompted or she'll take my my mallet and she'll start you know banging on wood yeah that's what my daughter would do too and it's it's hilarious i i absolutely love it because i think she'll be the one that comes out there and helps me out the most my middle my oldest daughter she's gonna be the athlete and then my son is gonna be the one that i think he's gonna eventually start making stuff because he loves legos Okay. So he'll he'll go up in his room. He'll take these giant Lego sets, and he just sits there and until he's done. Like he won't stop until he's done. And he's kind of that way with reading too. It's like he's going to read the book until it's done, and then he's going to go on to the next book. So, so he's the he's the intellectual. I've got the athlete, and I've got the the tinkerer. Oh, nice. Yeah, my um, my daughter's the athlete and the tinkerer. Um builder she played little league she was the only girl in the entire little league for seven years she played till pony league out here was 13 yeah she was the only girl still like the third best player on my team we coached the whole time (laughs) and she was literally one of the best players on my team and every year she would go for the tryouts and she's the only girl, and there'd be someone at the check-in desk, and they'd say, oh, I'm sorry, honey. The girls' softball tryouts are next week. And she's like, I'm here to play baseball. I'm here for hardball. That's it. <laughs> so, um, And that's that's like my daughter. She's always, and this, I think it's her, well, now second, it would be her third year, but, you know, COVID. Um, she has always been the smallest kid on her team, and she has always been the one that hustles the most and is completely unafraid is the most intense goes after everything. And then it actually has a little bit of talent 
Good. And then my son's coming around to where he's, I think he's going to be a late bloomer into sports like I was, but he's, he's finally to the point now where he's like, dad, I love baseball, which as a huge baseball fan makes me just like arms to the heavens and go, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. I always pictured my son being the quarterback of the Cowboys, but he hates sports. So that's what (laughs) I got. (laughs) But I did have my daughter who played (laughs) baseball. So, which is my favorite sport. Yeah. And we got to be spot when I was coaching. If you paid for a sponsorship, you get to pick your team. So okay. we, we paid for the White Sox one year and we won the championship the same nice. year, as a matter of fact, that the White Sox won the championship in 20, 2005. Oh, cool. And our so, softball team won the championship that year. It was pretty, pretty so cool. So I'm a year. diehard, I'm a diehard Giants fan. And in 2010, that was the year that my wife and I got engaged. Okay. My son was born right before first pitch of the NLCS, I think game two. And then uh, my oldest daughter was born in 2014. So all three championship years right. yeah. have a tie. Yeah. To my, and last year when, when my youngest was born and the Giants outperformed where they should have been, I was sitting there, I started to believe that there was a chance because we had – we had another one coming. Right, yeah. And she was born, I want to say, about a half hour after the final out of the World Series. Wow. So, And my wife and I are both diehard baseball fans. So we like baseball season is prime time to be in this house. And that's one of the things I love about working on our shift. Mm-hmm. Well, my shift, because I start at 7 at night. So do the White Sox. Yeah. And the Cubs when they play night games. So I always have a baseball game on in my squad. It's the coolest thing with the windows down. Someone's paying me to drive a cop car and listen to the White Sox game. Yeah. It doesn't get any better than that. Whatever I miss of a Giants game. You get uh, to replay. Yeah, they replay it at midnight. Right. So if I missed anything, midnight rolls around and I have the rest of my night to listen to the Giants. To listen to it, yeah. So I don't have any listen to baseball. Yeah, right. (laughs) I don't have any new tools on the woodworking side that I purchased this week. Uh, But you got something in the pipeline, don't you? You got you have a a tool purchase planned, right? I don't know. I got two left. I think you know that damn fest tool domino thing I want to get. Someone asked me the other day, "Why do you want that? What are you gonna do with that?" I'm like, "Well." I have a biscuit gonna, joiner. Yeah. I want to get a... I've used dowels. I don't have a dowel jig. I kind of like, you know... I Eyeball I, it. I center punch. I measure the yeah. center, and then I center punch it with a center punch. And then I hold my drill at what I hope is a 90-degree angle. <laughs> <laughs> or now I have a drill press. But, yeah, the drill for long pieces. And I, I do them that way. Which isn't great, but yeah, I I want a domino because I want to make coffee tables and end tables, and I want to do that stuff. And, and you want to be accurate with it. Want to be very accurate with it. So, yes, Brandon, that is my probably my next one. And that I was just pricing out an axiom, axiom, a x i o m, axiom, um, CNC. Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so one of those larger CNCs, but I'm limited to what I can get because of my shops in the basement. Yeah. So, uh, but the next one will be the uh, 
the domino, I'm sure. And on my bench now, I'm finishing up some coin, a coin flag and a coin display unit. And then I have to wrap the golf display unit that I made and deliver that probably tomorrow evening, maybe. Um, I have to get in touch with him. But so that'll be done this week. And then I'm, you know, my plumber was here last week for my bathroom. So my new tub is in, my new shower base is in. I've decided not to build a barn door. No. I'm going to buy a six-panel barn door because it matches my doors in my house, <laughs> and I can save time. <laughs> so I'm going to – because I also have to build a vanity. And well, I haven't if you, dis- you got to already do the vanity, you got to right. kind of save yourself a little wear or a little bit. Right. So I haven't decided on the type of vanity I want to build because I've done two now. For this house each bathroom has a vanity that i built which is kind of cool yeah so the first one's a standard you know vanity the second one was a turned leg vanity it's raised it's pretty cool and it's blue it looks awesome in my opinion so the new one i'm thinking i do another the bathroom's going to have white subway tile and the shower surround and then we have a separate tub so there's going to be white subway tile going up maybe three rows because it's just a soaking tub there's no shower head or anything, so you don't need tile okay. all the way up. So I'm thinking boring, white, you know, vanity, or or should I get some wood, like not walnut because that would be really expensive. I that think. would be quite pricey. Right, or maybe alder or something, and actually glue up panels together, you know what I mean? Or you could do some ash. Yeah, ash is good. Uh Something, just a solid wood vanity yeah. would be kind of cool. That would be. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. So I don't know. I have to decide. I Now that I've got all the tools, and that's what the domino would be great for, because I like to buy a tool when I have a project coming up. Yeah, when you have the need for it. Right. And that would be to do the glue-ups for the, the bottom and the sides yeah. and all that stuff. Book match. I mean, think of the possibilities. Oh, yeah. So that might that's the leader in the clubhouse right now is building an all, not the painted white vanity, but a nice wooden vanity where I have to glue up the sides and the and shelves and all that, the doors and all that kind of stuff. You know who you could ask for a recommendation on what kind of wood to use? Um, maybe Mike Coffee. He might he might have a suggestion for you. Maybe since, you know he's he's a real woodworker. He is, and he'll be really working some wood next week on our show. That sounds inappropriate. It does. It's like probably it. time to go. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a woodworker shout out? Uh, I do. Ezel Woodworking. He's out in uh, Tennessee. He's one of the first people I ever met through Instagram. Like not in person, but you know, like Instagram yeah. friend. Um, What's the name again? Woodworking. Ezel Woodworking. E like E Edward. Yep. Like okay. Yep. Um, super nice guy. Uh, does. Does a lot of stuff with his wife. His page is is getting much bigger. He's a total family guy. He just got a, I think, like a Onefinity CNC not too long ago. Okay. A lot of people are getting those. Yeah. Well, I think it's because it's a little bit more affordable, like for an entry-level kind of thing. You know what? I looked at them, and they were almost the same price as mine. Really? Well, maybe just because it's new and it's got an Xbox controller. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Is it Ezel Woodworking? Yeah. I'm trying to look for him right now on Instagram while we're doing this. 
So he, him okay. and his wife were based out of Nashville and just super nice people. Cool. You know, so I, he's, he's always my go-to and yeah, just super helpful, super good dude. Can't say enough good things about him. All right. Very good. And I've Who's got, yours? mine would be Doug Vasilech. He's with, he's the holes worm, the underscore holes worm, H-O-L-Z-W-U-R-M. Uh, Doug is a great guy. Uh, I've been in, in contact with Doug for quite a while. He's retired, retired. He was, um, he actually worked for the military. He didn't serve as a soldier, but he, he served in a role with the military for, I think, like 33 years. The kind of like as a contractor? Well, that's the thing. We were just talking the other day, and he said way back in the day they would be considered contractors, but now he's they're actually government employees assigned to each. Oh, okay. You know, well, you came from the military, so. Yeah, so he, like in a civilian employee. A civilian employee who moved quite a bit uh, with his unit, you know, went from all over the place. He actually met his wife, Gabby, from Paint and Thread. Her her site is, she makes fantastic signs. Uh, Paint and Thread is her IG handle. They met in Germany. Oh, and cool. He, they, yeah, they're, they're married now. So I think he actually works for Gabby because he just, he just got a shitload <laughs> of plywood in. He's got to cut all these, like all these signs that for her, she's got tons of orders. She's got pieces at consignment shops all over. Mm-hmm. They live out in Idaho. And uh, so she's got stuff in Boise. She's got stuff at a small store near where they live. So he does a, a ton of stuff for his wife and her Instagram page. And then she buys some tools. So that's that like, sounds like a fair of, trade. <laughs> find a, yeah. Their arrangement. So <laughs> he's a great follow. And so is Gabby. She's, they're fantastic people. That's why I follow most people is because they're good people. Yeah, and he he makes really cool stuff, and she makes amazing signs and stuff. So, that's my maker slash. That's actually a double. That that's a that's a twofer. That's a twofer. Yeah. All right. So, with that, if you're still with us, thank you very much. Uh, I wanted to say <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening, and I want to thank my buddy Brandon for being here again late on a Saturday night when we record when we record this. Uh, this is his late night, so he's going to be up all night with me. So maybe we'll have to text back and forth to see if we're both still awake. Yeah. And we know guests this week, but I wanted to say that next week we are going to have Mike Coffee, And uh, we're going to talk all, all things coffee. He'll be joining with us at the beginning through our law enforcement segment. And then the woodworking segment, we can talk about his podcast. We can talk about his slabs, anything. If you have a question for Mike Coffee, where, where do they send that, Brandon? They can send that. To handcuffs and sawdust podcast at gmail.com. Giddy up. And, and, and anywhere else? And, and they can, or, and, or they can DM you. Yes, me. They can at, DM. Wait, who, how do me. they reach me? MM okay, Midnight you got Maker. so many damn M's in your name. <laughs> well, it's Mike Marazzo, the Midnight Maker. I, so I understand. MM Midnight that. Maker. Yeah. MM mid, at, mid, Midnight but Maker. Any, okay, so anytime I say your Instagram handle, I have to physically slow myself <laughs> down yeah. and like count on my hand like MM Midnight Maker. Uh, right. You know when that's going to change. Yeah, when you retire, and then I'm going to have to learn a whole new damn right. name. I'm going to have to rebrand myself. <laughs> My friend says just be the daytime maker, so the midday yeah. day. Or just be the maker. 
the maker. All right. So if they can reach me. So they me, can DM you right? at MM Midnight Maker. Very good. They can DM me at Full House Woodworking. Right. Or. Yes. They can DM the show's Instagram page. Giddy at up. Handcuffs and Sawdust. All right. Awesome. Thank you very much for saying that. So send us questions out. We really want to get those out. And remember, new episodes of the Handcuffs and Sawdust podcast are released every Wednesday. On Hump Day. On Hump Day. That's right. So get over Hump Day with us. Hump with us. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We are now available on Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Player FM, Pocket Cast, and pandora and deezer but not on apple yet i don't know what the hell they're doing i've loaded four episodes there i don't know if they're waiting for me to pay them do i have to pay apple to put podcasts on i don't know i don't i don't think so but you know we're we're cops we're scary nobody wants to see us i know maybe they don't like cops i don't know unless your name is stitch what's his name stitch larson oh yeah i I know he's on it oh sticks larson right Stitch well, yeah, he probably he has up. like some sort of agency behind him. <laughs> probably. So that's it for me. Do you have anything else to say, Brandon? No. I mean, have <laughs> I love a good when week. you say goodbye. I got nothing, I man. I'm okay. tired. I don't know what day it is. All right. Yeah. I'm happy. I'm just happy to be here, Mike. All right. I'm happy, just to, happy be to be here. Happy to be here. Thanks for hanging out with me for the last two hours. <laughs> Anytime. All right. We're out of here. Stay safe on the street and in the shop.